0: Hey everyone, technically you're getting two days in history today because we're running two episodes from the History Vault. Hope you enjoy. Hi, I'm Eves, and welcome to This Day in History class, a show that uncovers history one day at a time. The day was April 19th, 1907, The power went out at the Columbus, Ohio penitentiary, where Dr. Oliver Crook Ha was being imprisoned. About 20 minutes after the blackout began, just after midnight, Ha was executed by electric chair. An article in the day's issue of the Los Angeles Herald said the following, Ha manifested an apparent indifference to his fate until the last. All visitors were excluded from the annex at the penitentiary today, and Ha has seen no one aside from the prison officials, except Father Kelly, his spiritual advisor. As a young adult, Oliver worked in a drugstore in Ohio. He began using a drug called cocaine toothache drops to treat his tooth pain, and he started mixing his own treatments based on recipes he got from pamphlets for pharmacists. One of those treatments was a medicine that contained opium, an addictive narcotic derived from the opium poppy. A doctor noticed how good he was at mixing medicines and suggested he go to college to study medicine. And he did just that when he started attending Cincinnati Medical College in 1888. But his attendance wasn't great. Finding money for his tuition was a struggle for his family and he was still using drugs. Pa had fallen in love with Anna Margaret Eckley, so he moved in with her family, citing his need to save money for college. But something seemed sketchy when Anna's father, William, died in February 1891 of pulmonary apoplexy, since William seemed healthy up until that point. William was not fond of Oliver, so his death freed up William to marry Anna and use William's life insurance payout to go back to school. It's not clear that he had anything to do with William's death, but he definitely took advantage of William's passing. By 1893, he had graduated from medical college and opened a practice in Dayton, Ohio. The next decade or so of his life is full of a bunch of crimes and suspicious events. Influenced by Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, he thought he could make a drug to create a new race of beings where two could share a single body but he was experimenting on himself and ordering a ton of cocaine and morphine. Anna said he assaulted her and filed for divorce, but she ended up staying with him when she found out she was pregnant. Ha had become violent, and he was soon declared insane. He spent time in asylums, and many of his patients at his practices were hurt or died, including one in Wisconsin who died from morphine poisoning, which resulted in Ha's arrest and subsequent acquittal. He opened and closed several practices as his negligence was exposed and his reputation suffered. He even admitted to killing women while performing abortions. Anna had another child with Oliver. He ran off and married other women while still married to Anna. The whole time, Oliver was embroiled in his addiction. On September 25th, 1905, Anna filed for divorce and Ha attempted suicide. So his life was a turbulent one to say the least. Dr. Ha had never cared much for his family, but when he got the news that he was no longer in his parents' will and that his brother Jesse would get everything, he was enraged saying he would kill his whole family. In November of 1905, Oliver alerted a neighbor that his parents' house was on fire. During the chaos, he changed his story about knowing his family was inside from saying they weren't to saying they were. His mother, father, and brother died in the blaze. After questioning by County Coroner Dr. Walter Klein, Ha was arrested on three charges of first-degree murder. While Ha was in jail, people began coming forward with their suspicions that he killed people they knew. Klein's coroner report said that the Haw family had overdosed on hyacinth hydrobromide, a drug Oliver had been given previously in an asylum. Haw's case went to a grand jury, for which 12 men were selected. More than 50 witnesses were called for testimony. The prosecution pointed out how easy it should have been to escape the small house during a fire, how Ha had bought a bunch of oil and hyacinth before the fire happened and how it did not look like the family had been sleeping when the fire started like Oliver claimed. The defense said that it would not have been so easy to escape the house and that all the evidence presented was only circumstantial. After a 10-day trial, Dr. Ha was found guilty of drugging his mom and setting her body on fire. He was granted a sanity inquest on April 23, 1906, but the jury ruled that he was sane. Ha was sentenced to death by electric chair, and on April 19, 2019, he was executed. It's not known how many people he murdered. I'm Eve Jeffcoat, and hopefully you know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. If you'd like to learn more about Oliver Ha, listen to the two-part episode of Stuff You Missed in History Class titled, Oliver Ha, Serial Killer. If you haven't gotten your fill of history after listening to today's episode, you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at T-D-I-H-C Podcast. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope to see you again tomorrow for more tidbits of history. Hello, everyone. I'm Eves. And welcome to This Day in History class, a podcast that proves history is made every day. The day was April 19th, 1861. A riot broke out in Baltimore, Maryland, between Confederate sympathizers and state militia regiments on their way to Washington, D.C. to protect the Capitol. Just a week before the Baltimore riot, the Civil War had begun when Confederate forces attacked Fort Sumter. On December 20, 1860, South Carolina became the first state to secede from the Union. By February of 1861, seven southern states had seceded from the Union. The nation was on the verge of a civil war. That civil war broke out on April 12, 1861, when Confederate batteries under General P.G.T. Beauregard opened fire on Fort Sumter in Charleston, South Carolina, after Union troops refused to evacuate the fort. By the next day, U.S. Major Robert Anderson agreed to surrender the fort, and on the 14th, Anderson and his Union soldiers evacuated Fort Sumter. On April 15th, President Abraham Lincoln issued a public proclamation calling for 75,000 militia volunteers to suppress the rebellion. In the proclamation, he said the following, I appeal to all loyal citizens to favor, facilitate, and aid this effort to maintain the honor, the integrity, and the existence of our national union, and the perpetuity of popular government, and to redress wrongs already long enough endured. Northern states responded enthusiastically to the call. Within days, a regiment of Massachusetts volunteers were on the way to Washington, D.C., which was a target for the Confederates. Meanwhile, Virginia seceded from the Union on April 17, 1861. The most efficient way to transport large numbers of Union forces was by rail, and the route to Washington passed through Baltimore. Maryland was a border state, which were slave states that did not secede from the Union or join the Confederacy. And it had both Southern and Northern influences. Many people in Maryland opposed seceding, but many also believed that it was a state's right to choose to secede. Baltimore was home to a lot of Southern and secessionist sympathizers. Baltimore Mayor George W. Brown wrote a letter to President Lincoln saying that people were tired of the passage of troops through the city and that, quote, it is not possible for more soldiers to pass through Baltimore unless they fight their way at every step. On April 19, 1861, the 6th Regiment Massachusetts Volunteer Militia arrived at the President Street Station in Baltimore, where they had to change trains to continue on their journey to Washington. Because city laws prohibited locomotives from passing through busy thoroughfares, horses had to pull the rail cars across town along Pratt Street to Camden Station. As the 6th Massachusetts Militia made this transfer, pro-Confederate bystanders turned hostile and formed a mob. Since the crowd blocked the tracks to keep some of the cars from getting to Camden Station, more than 200 of the soldiers had to march there. Soon, rioting broke out between the local Confederate sympathizers and the troops. Rioters threw bricks at the soldiers, and the two sides traded gunfire. With the help of police marshal George Proctor Kane and dozens of police officers, the troops managed to make it to Camden Station and board a train to Washington. The fighting lasted for less than an hour, but four soldiers and 12 civilians were killed in the riot. In the weeks after the conflict, Union troops were sent to Maryland and martial law was declared in Baltimore. Confederate sympathizers and people who opposed the Civil War were arrested. By June, a total of 11 states had seceded from the Union, though Maryland was not one of them. The Civil War would continue for the next four years. I'm Eve Jeffcoat, and hopefully you know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. And if you have any comments or suggestions you want to send us, you can do so on social media. We're at TDIHC Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can also send us an email at thisday at iHeartMedia.com. Thanks again for listening to the show, and we'll see you tomorrow. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.